This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show live from the RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street going on. Uh, throughout the weekend, find a time to come on by. Uh, Football Friday is brought to you by Stonehaven Dental. They say yes, yes to free exam and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointment appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment today. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Coach Mack, Alema Harrington on a Football Friday. Uh, let's let's uh, hit on your tease, Gordon, with the game, and then we can kind of move on to, uh, to some the other juicy stuff. juicy stuff. The juicy stuff, yeah. as it were. By the way, I just saw somebody walk by with a Trey Burke jersey on. All right. With a, with a what jersey? A Trey Burke. Trey Burke. Yeah. The point guard that's for a, the Jazz that's about three years ago. Number yeah. three. No kidding. All right. I was played for several other teams. All right. This fits in line yeah. with everything you guys have been saying, and it's this. When, when Utah sort of was trying to get itself organized and back in the game, uh, Bernard scores, uh, has right. a really nice uh, sequence of plays. Uh, Utah cuts the score to six, uh, the margin, to six. And about nine minutes left to play. And BYU, instead of panicking, marches down the field, uses up more than six minutes off the clock. Exactly. And kicks a field goal. I mean, that was impressive. That's the leadership, right? Mm -hmm. You were talking about it. Mac, that's the mental toughness and focus that you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, you, you... you got to preach the fact that you have to win the fourth quarter of every game, regardless of what the score is. And I think that there was a, a third down situation in, the, in in that drive where they ran that zone keep, and he gained about 12 yards. And and why they didn't make an adjustment to that, I have no idea, because Lewis or Sione or one of those guys at halftime, they've got to make that correction of 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 how you're going to play the zone keep because the kid can run and he's athletic and he's fast you know so you gotta you gotta be able to play that particular play and i i forget what they call the the technique they use but it's it's kind of like a it's either a bubble technique but it's a step down stay square keep your outside foot you know but you got to be able to force the kid to the sideline to let people catch up and and obviously they did a good job of, of running running the corner off and creating space and and um, and then I think they hit they hit Nakua uh, on a little on, a, on like a little short screen route on one of those mm-hmm. and he goes up for like six or eight and the thing about the BYU kids they all held on to the ball and they all possessed the football and they they had no panic there was no there was no like and you look you kind of look at their sidelines the BYU sidelines to see if there's a lot of anguish there was no anguish over there it was just okay let's let's just keep playing 
So it wasn't like, oh, my God, here we go again. But it didn't look like, because you kind of look, when they do Zoom over there, what I always look to see what the expression of the coaches and the players are on the sideline, and whether they're, you know, their heads down, their heads are up, what, what's the look on the defensive coordinator, the different people in the series. So you find out kind of where, they're, where they are mentally. And they look to me like they're very much locked into the game. And of course, at the end, Kalani's dancing out there like, he, <laughs> like he's like, he, like he's like he's like he's over in the North Shore at at, uh, at the place over there, you at know, Turtle Bay, and, at the at the nightclub in Turtle I mean, Bay. I mean, his moves were really oh, good. Oh yeah, he's good. <laughs> hey, all of those guys. I, I never. Hey, I never saw him ever move that fast. <laughs> he had a couple of catches too on the oh, sideline. Yeah, yeah, you know, one. he looked very athletic. And um, uh, that drive that, that we're speaking of, that, that number one, eight, six minutes of clock. But anytime you have sustained drives like that for your offense, it is, it, it, it's a win. Whether you come away with three points or seven points. Yeah. And typically, that's been a Utah MO. Mm-hmm. That they, they get down in the fourth quarter. They need a, a four-minute drive to win a game. They come up and get the three or four first downs to close the game out. And they usually do it running the football. I mean, that's kind of been, okay, we got we got four minutes and 52 seconds. We need to eat up, we need thir- three first downs, and we need to hit the clock. And usually that's been their MO over the, the last, all, all of Kyle's tenure there. It really was a role reversal. It looked like BYU was the team that had won nine straight. Mm-hmm. And Utah was the team that was trying to climb back into it. That, that was just, I, I thought that drive revealed a lot. And I think that, that that drive will pay dividends throughout the season for, for BYU. It's kind of like being down and, and that is Utah cutting that, that lead to six. That, that is, is almost like, okay, now you're, you're down because you, you're in a got to score situation. So when you're able to manufacture drives like that, then as you're going through the season and you run into a similar situation, you, you know, you go back or whether you're on the sideline or you're in the huddle and leadership personnel, whether that's Hall or, or, or that's Roderick, they're, they're telling you, hey, we, we got this. We, we've been here before. And we were able, you know, we were able to come out on top. Those are the things that help to develop a team into a contender, right? For And for BYU, that drive will pay dividends throughout this season. The, the interesting thing is Roderick was really extremely loyal to, to Utah, you know, because he, he, he went to jobs and he came back or, and then and then then he was released, you know, and then fortunately for BYU, they, they were able to pick him up and, uh, and he's done a real nice job for him. He's a smart um, guy. I think well, I really have a lot well, of Well, just, just, you know, so, so, you know, it's, he, he got a chance to kind of resurrect his, his career. And, and, uh, so he give him, give him, and obviously for, for Roderick, for Sataki, for, 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 Iliaki, you know, all those guys, it was, it was a huge plus for those guys because it's, it's like taking a big rock off your back. 
Mm-hmm. And you and those you saw those. The thing I hated to see is all those BYU fans being so happy. <laughs> well, because, you know, you, you live, you know, I lived through all of those deals where, you know, where, where it was the other way around, you know, where, where, you know, the Utah people are like, oh, man, we're just, we're trashing these guys. So, man, I thought they, when they, they looked like, they all got shot with heroin or something <laughs> coming out of those that's, stands. Hey, wait, that's, uh, a, that's an honor code violation uh, right now, man. Uh, hey, I take it back. Oh, maybe, hey, uh, maybe you, shut up with a Diet Coke. The, the Sunday after the BY, a BYU Everybody win, went to best church. church attendance of the year. Yeah, but you know who didn't go was yeah. the man who went after he beat Lavelle back I didn't, in uh, whatever it was. I didn't, uh, I didn't go. I was I – was, uh, uh, but. Did you resign as bishop of your <laughs> of your ward, stake president of of your area? Did I I tell you that you know that <laughs> yes. story about when the girls came to the house and they and they said they wanted me to join yeah. the church and I said yeah if I can be head of the church. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, can Coach, you let's, let's just picture that for a second. Back to the chair. Oh, I love. I love the, in hey, the I, I, chair. I love the 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 things that he wanted to implement. It's like everybody, you got to go to church, but then you can go. To, you know, go out to eat, or you can go play at the park after, right, yeah. Coach? You you have plenty of other activities you can participate yeah. in on, on the Sabbath. A little more liberal. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more. It's all right. I'm, I'm all for it. Well, we got, hey, we got the bishop over here change some rules. <laughs> and then then you'd get a, you'd get a call up, you know. <laughs> hey, dude, we need, we need to see you down at the office. <laughs> uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's move on. I don't know how you do it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Do we, we can keep. Riffin, I tell you, oh. Jake, Jake is a. Oh. Okh. Okay, now, now Jake wants the. Yeah, the here's the. Because I want to hear the dirt about the GPS. USC. We got to yeah. redirect. Well, Redirecting Jake, the combo. Jake's in the. In the he's Recalculating. A gossip, he's a gossiper guy. <laughs> I, you better believe it. I love the Housewives of Salt Lake. What do you think? <laughs> oh like, my God, my, that's, hey. that's my <laughs> show. I, I'm into. No, it's. I mean, it's the biggest story in college football this week. Uh, USC fires Clay Helton after week two, which Gordon and I both. Agree is just the worst timing. I mean, why not do it earlier or wait to the end of the year? But neither here nor there. They get to waxed at home by Stanford, and uh, he's fired on the Monday. Right. So, so they they've been the the fans there have been trying to get him out of there for the last three years. You know, because all they do is. But that's just you know, that's why they call that school a spoiled children because that's where they are because. All those people that have money that are up there in the, up in that area up behind it that have have all the money, you know, if if they're not winning every game, you know, and this guy's just kind of a regular guy, you know, he's not he's not their cup of tea, you know. But the problem is, he became what I call a, is I don't know what the term is, kind of a houseboy, you know, where where all of a sudden, he's firing guys that are really loyal to him. My son-in-law, one of them. Johnny Nansen, another one. Chad Kaha, another one. You know, these guys are all really good coaches and guys that all have his back. You know, the offensive line coach, two of them. Uh, 
you know, and, and they hired they hired the, the weight room guy and the offensive line coach from that came from Michigan back to SC, right? Right. So he called those two dudes and he to meet him in Redondo Beach last year and he fired both of them on the you know over a stop sign in Redondo Beach. You know, and here's the strength coach he just hired the year for the year before and and the offensive line coach had just been there for a couple of years, loyal to him. So he had a whole staff of guys that are not tied to him. And then the last two guys that were kind of tied to him were were the offensive line coach and strength coach. So then he hired a new O-line guy, hired a new strength coach. Okay, their offensive line's not very good. You know, pretty pretty average or less than average. Receivers are good. The quarterback's good. And the guy, the the defensive coordinator that he hired from Texas is kind of a pompous guy. Thinks he knows everything. One of those guys. He's going to play man coverage. Whether you you do it, you know, he's going. We're going to play man coverage, and you you beat us, you beat us. Okay. And so, for instance. So when they hired him, he had the choice of whether to keep Johnny, keep Chad, keep the, the secondary coach. That was his decision when they hired him. So, so Chad, Johnny, they're riding around in the car with this guy and everything, and the guy doesn't even talk to them, just pretends like they're non-existent. So right there, you know, and then two weeks before that, the head coach had told Chad what a great job he's doing. Because I talked to Chad. Chad said, yeah, I just talked to Clay. He told me what a great job I'm doing with the D-line. And then two weeks later, they fire him. <laughs> and What's so, going on, Mac? Because, because Clay wasn't in control. It was more the AD saying, you got to get rid of this guy. you got to get rid of this guy. you got to get rid of this guy. And pretty soon, you're not in control of anything. You're just trying to save your own, your own behind. So... And and they probably would have tried to fire him a couple of years before, but they owed him 20 million. This time they only owed him 10. So probably after that game against Stanford, probably the the guy whoever has the money said, "I'll pay it, get rid of him." Hmm. And and that's and so and I and I think the AD has had in mind all the time since he's been there that. You know, we're going to get rid of We're going to revamp that whole thing. Now it'll be interesting to see which way they go, because I would think that all the new guys he hired have two-year contracts, assistant coaches, because you don't, assistant coaches don't, don't take one-year contracts anymore. So typically most every assistant coach has two years. So, so the coordinator, the defensive coordinator, all these guys have two years. Okay, so you hire a new coach. You think, you think he, he's going to take those guys? No. And what will be the deal that the AD will make with the head coach saying, "Well, if I hire you, you got to keep this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy." Mm. And so, so 
I feel bad for Clay because I think basically he's a, he's really a good guy, but I think he was he was not in control of his own destiny. And I tell you what, being around SC people when my son-in-law was there, I wouldn't trust a lot of them either, because it's a different culture. You know, in other words, they always think somebody's trying to steal something from them or do something from them. You know, and it's just like it's not a it's not a easy place to be around because you'd always feel as there's some kind of tension there. So before the season started, Mac, if you had been athletic director or put in charge, would you have let him go earlier? Well, or is that ten yeah, million dollars that's still owed going well, to be a problem? Well, I would have, I would have, I would have done everything to try to try to save what they were doing, you know, and and, and try to say, okay, well, I wouldn't have said, hey, you got to get rid of this guy, this guy, this guy, because Johnny Nansen makes no sense because he's at UCLA now. And by the way, doing a hell of a job. And he's, and he was the best recruiter on their staff. I mean, that made no sense to me whatsoever. And get rid of Chad made no sense to me either. I mean, you get rid of guys that, that are good <clears throat> recruiters and good coaches. Why? You bring in guys that are, that are not as good as recruiters and not as good as coaches. And they tried to hire Rocky, which would have been a great hire for him, but Rocky turned him down. That would have been a great hire for them. Because he looked at the situation and said, I don't want anything to well, do with that. Well, man. it's, it's Clay, you, you said it yourself, saving himself by by one by one part of the staff is gone. Right. I mean, remember T. Martin was gone before they hired uh, well, well, Graham Harrell, and it was yeah, just working well, its way up the line. Yeah, well, T. Martin was a good dude, too, you know. But, you know. So, but but he wasn't a spread guy either. Yeah, you know, and that's what and they that, wanted. This air, they fell in love with the air raid thing. Well, they did. Yeah, yeah. which doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think it was it was uh, as a way to utilize the talent they thought they could they could yeah. the talent they could get because their their wide receivers are ridiculously good. So there was uh, some reports that uh, Kalani's name came up, Alema, in connection with the job. I, Gordon said he even saw Witt come up in connection with I'll the tell job. You what, well, Witt's just, name comes just, up every time. It's just a lot of rumors, right. but, you know. That I mean, floated out there. All, yeah. Yeah, but it's, so it's, what kind of job is it? I mean, you, you talk about the culture being an issue. We've seen the experience you know, of the last several all, guys. It's, it's not a culture that Kalani would want to go into. No? No, because he's not. First of all, he's not—he's uh, not the kind of profile they look for, because he's just a regular dude, you know. And so, and, and he's not a celebrity enough. Yeah, and he wouldn't—it wouldn't be good for him, and 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 he wouldn't be be good for them either, either way around. Uh, Kyle would do fine there because Kyle is a is a businessman, and he's pretty structured, and and. He would do he, he would do quite well there because he knows the dynamics there and he's a little bit smarter than than the AD so he's going to make sure that he's that he's protected you know contract wise and he's going to make sure he has a little more control than than you know to begin with so he's he'd be, he would be smart enough to say okay I'll take the job but here's the parameters and if you can't do it, well, then I'm like, Mac, you know, I'll tell from, you. From, from, my, from my experience, 
what you're describing at SC is a bit of an exaggeration of other places, but it seems like every place is like this well, at it, one level or well, another. Well, what has happened, because the money, you know, you're a head coach at, at a Power 5, you're, you're like a movie star, you know. You're making 4 or $5 million a year, and so people are looking at you and saying, all right, dude, you better produce. We're paying you this much money. You know, we don't have... And so we don't have a lot of waiting time for you to prove what you're, what you're capable of doing. If you either do it or you don't do it. Well, I've, I've known a lot of cases at a, a number of different places where a, a wealthy booster did exactly what mm-hmm. you just described. Oh, absolutely. In, in, in basketball, football, all around the country where someone says, okay, I'm going to pay this off and let's be rid of it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of that's because, it. when you've got when you've got a hundred bosses, it's kind of hard to do your because, business because the guys are sitting there. They're, they're, so you're, let's say you're a big SC fan, and and you're making a hundred million a year at some company, and by the way, the SC alumni are people very wealthy people, you know, and and they're saying, and this is their football team. Yeah. So they're watching it with all their buddies sitting around, you know, having a couple of cocktails. And they're all, hey, you got to call so-and-so and get rid of this guy tomorrow. Just like the what the, well, they fired. What's his name when he got off the plane? On the tarmac, yeah, yeah Lane Kiffin. Hey, after they lost to Arizona State, he didn't even make it back to his car. <laughs> so, I, I remember talking to Norm Chow about the situation at SC. And uh, it's not the only place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places like this. But he said, his way he said, and Jake's heard this before, he said, the people who are around that USC program, they get what they want. That's exactly right. Because, hey, money speaks. Yeah, money talks. Money talks and people walk. And you're, you're, you're right. It's like that. I mean, it's even like that at BYU and Utah. Yeah, um, but but the, the the money isn't as big. The profile isn't as big. Uh, there's some things that are different. My my first thought when this happened was, okay, how many guys are going to end up in the portal? Because now it's so much. Uh, uh, the portal is ridiculous. It's so so much easier to transfer, and this this is. One of the the probably the most justifiable reason is the guy that recruited me is gone, you know, and and I don't know who's coming in and they're going to want their guy and the guys that they recruited. Um, I, I would rather go back into the portal and and look at the three teams that that I turned down to go to USC and you guys still interested, and, and so my. The, the the repercussions right there right? the domino effect uh, that that happens here is not that not just that okay we, when the booster says let's get rid of that guy well you might lose some of your top players because they came for that head coach or one of the assistant coaches that you just fired so let, let's okay let's take Brandon Dart yeah, okay. that's. So, I mean, that's okay. the guy I'm thinking about. So, so I talked. I talked to his dad. Yeah, it, and it was down between UCLA and USC. And Jackson Dart, but Jackson right. Dart, yeah. not Brandon. Brandon's a player, you know. But and so I talked to Brandon, the dad, and he. I said, so where's he going? What's he going to do? Well, it's between USC and UCLA. He said, 
he really likes to coach at USC. And and he feels that he fits the system better. And then I said, well, what what happens if if he's gets, not there anymore? He's not there anymore. <laughs> he said, well, we'd have to wait and see, you know. Oh, and, interesting. And uh, and so then everybody's thinking that this this Graham Harrell, the coordinator, is a hot item, but he he's not a hot item now. He's not even in the in the you know the the. The voice thing, even when they made the interim coach, they didn't give it to Graham Harrell. Yeah. They gave it to the, the secondary coach who who is, and, and like somebody told me, he's the only nice guy on the whole staff. Uh. I, mean, I mean, that's, I mean, I get that from, you know, people I know. They said, I said, well, what about this guy? He's the only nice guy on the whole staff. Uh. I said, really? That's the qualification yeah. now? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows? You know, and so you look at look at it. His, he's been all, all over the place. You know, he was played at Idaho State and this and that, you know. And then, but you'd have thought that, you know, because Graham Harold is kind of the hot shot. That, oh, yeah, let's turn it over to him because he's got all the answers. Well, they can't. They're going to get distance themselves from that offense pretty quick with uh, well, whoever they get. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, let me let me just uh, say one more. I thing smell a tease quick. coming. Uh, yeah, we got to get Ma- to Ma- this week's Ma- games Ma- coming Ma- up next. I'm just telling you that Mac can't relate to having to deal with political situations <laughs> in, in and around administrations at all. Can you, Mac? You have never experienced that, have you? Oh my God! <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Uh, That's the game. The stories to tell. Yes. Stay tuned. We're live at the RV Super Show. Let's not let's not backtrack. (laughs) (laughs) At the Mountain America Expo Center, ninety-five seventy-five South State. More next on Football Friday, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time to talk football with Nick Ford, the University of Utah offensive lineman. Curious how you are after the loss to BYU, and I'm wondering how much that wrecked your whole weekend, so to speak. You know, you say it with a grain of salt. There's a lot of things on film that was good. There's a lot of things on film that were bad. There's a lot of things that people on the outside don't understand that people on the inside do understand and give credit where it's due. And, you know, it's on to the next week. Can't cope. Nobody feels sorry for us. It's a disappointment and definitely going to improve from that. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Cougars at 30 update. Here's Lopini Katoa saying BYU uh, still has work to do with Arizona State now on deck. I think uh, one of the biggest things that, that drove us last week was uh, that we didn't play our best our best football yet. You know, against Arizona, we didn't we weren't satisfied with how we played, and so that same mindset we'll we'll take with us this week. We haven't played our best football still. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even though we're two and zero, we still haven't played our best football yet. So that's really what our goal is: just competing with ourselves. This update brought to you by Mountain Mike's Pizza. From outstanding pizza and wings to great appetizers and desserts, get to Mountain Mike's Pizza, 3785 West, 104 South there in South Jordan.
Jones will make a play. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. Fresh off their win against Utah, BYU welcomes in Arizona State this Saturday for a showdown against the Sun Devils. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Football Friday, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Coach Mack, Alema Harrington. Hey, Weaver State fans, your number nine ranked football team takes on number three, James Madison, tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Purchase your tickets now, weaverstatesports.com. You can call the ticket office, 801-626-8500, or be 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. We'll hook you up with a pair of tickets to go see Weaver State and James Madison coming up tomorrow we are here at the rv super show on a football friday at the mountain america expo center 95 75 south state street we need to talk about the games coming up and uh, let's start with byu arizona state and we'll get some thoughts on on uh, utah san diego state as well but alema what does uh, byu have to do to make it three in a row against the pac-12 before i get to that by the way going up to weber state for a home game is a blast they, 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 all, all of the improvements that they've made to their stadium, um, the, the tailgating environment is actually a lot of fun. And if you're looking for something to do on a Saturday night uh, and not going to the BYU game, then you know, the Weber State game is, is a really nice option. Go hang out with the lemma. Yeah, and Mac. <laughs> Mac's going to be there too. Um, right. BYU and Arizona State, an opportunity, like Lapini Katoa said, to continue to improve. They haven't played their best football yet. Um, and to be 2-0 and and be able to say that is one thing. But when you're going up against this Arizona State squad, you got to, even more so, I think, than against the University of Utah, take care of the football. Because that's a team that, that, that thrives on takeaways. And if you can come out of that one, either unscathed and still have not given, given the ball away to a defense, uh, you know, for three straight games, or you come away on the positive side of that margin, on, on the turnover margin, then I, I think BYU wins this game. I love where they are offensively right now and their balance with Jaron Hall making the decisions. To, to this point, he's made, I, I think he's been... Uh, a great field general, and his numbers don't blow you away, but the way that he manages the game, though those things impress you. And he's still able to have some big plays where he's going to turn the corner on a keeper or get the ball downfield to to a receiver, to a Samson Nakua, and... I think in this next game, Puka Nakua will, will start to emerge as the receiver that he is. And Romney uh, hoping that he's healthy. So for BYU, continue to do what you're doing on the offensive side of the ball. But as important as it's ever been to possess the football, not turn it over, not give them opportunities, I think BYU wins the game. How do you stop Jaden Daniels? Well, the 
first of all, I think the strength of Arizona State is in their back end. Their their secondary guys have all played a lot of a lot of football and a lot of experience, and they all can run well, and they appear to have depth in their secondary. So I think that BYU is going to have to control the ball on the ground, and that and once they do that, it'll open up because now the DBs will be jumping on the run game a little more, and probably the play-action game will really fit into what they're, they're doing. But you're going to have to, they're, they're rushing, you know, they're, they're, between the two running backs, I, I would say they'd have to rush for, between the two of them, maybe 150 yards between the two of them, something like that, and, and, and give Jared Hall another... 40 or 50 yards on broken plays. And then it opens up your passing game. And then from a defensive standpoint, you just got to, because this kid is is a little bit, uh, can be a little bit erratic. And even though he's very athletic and he's been in the system, I think this is his third year in the system. If I remember. It is, correct. Mm-hmm. And um, But he can also, he'll turn the ball over. He'll force a bad throw. He'll do something to create a problem. So, and and Utah, I mean BYU is really patient in the in their defense. They're going to keep everything in front of them. And so, a team's going to have to chunk it downfield. And I don't think I don't think Arizona State can chunk it down the field. You know, five, six, six, five. I don't think they can do that. I think they'll get impatient. To try to go up to hit something big, and then it's going to put them in a in a long yardage situation, and that's that's so that's in in favor of, of, of BYU because I think Arizona State will get impatient, and then playing at home I think is a plus. Uh, let's get your thoughts on Utah, Coach. Let's stay with you. Uh, it seems to me like San Diego State on the road is actually a tough opponent to follow up a loss like BYU. Uh, this this could be a really tough game for Utah. Well, yeah. So, San Diego State, you got to shut down their rushing game from a defensive standpoint, and you got to force them to throw the football because they don't throw the football well. You force them into that game, you know, then you have them where you want them. Isn't and that where Utah's supposed to be strong? They should be, <laughs> and, and I think they will be. I, I, you'll see, you know, it's going to be an interesting team to watch because if they come out and they're just thumping, you know, then they're they're right where they need to be, because San Diego State's a good football team, and they're fast. They run well. They you know they they create a lot of you know they can create a lot of problems for you. But and you can't give because and you can't have them give them free shots at the quarterback because the because the Brook is not a mobile kid. So if you if you cut a guy loose on on a a gap blitz or a C gap blitz or something, and you don't pick it up, and if, because that guy cannot escape, so he's not a guy that can all of a sudden, oh yeah, I'm going to get out of here, and create some. He's not a creator. So, so what you have is a guy who's a non-creator. So you got to protect the guy to let him play. What do you think, Alema? When I when I look at at Utah, this should be a win for the Utes. Um, if you're a running back, there's two things that will keep you on the sideline. Fumble the ball and miss blitz pickup. Oh, yeah. And, and so, it, it, to, to me, 
Bernard looked really, really nice. But for Utah to be the kind of team that they want to be, they need both of those guys. They need Thomas and Bernard. Well, well Thomas is can be a big-time back yeah. because the guy breaks tackles and he's tough. But, you know, what? what you know, Michael Anderson was a, a guy who fumbled the ball a lot. And so we broke him of it because, actually, I, I had a baseball bat in practice. I used to hit the ball every time he carried it. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. And every time and, – and every time they just keep hammering the ball and everybody in the everybody in the secondary anybody anybody so if you if you could knock a ball out in practice you, you got a reward and so michael learned how to hold on to the football and and him not possessing the football was a thing of the past mm. he never fumbled again you know we had the same thing with uh, with our running back at arizona was there so when we when we when I came there, he said, "Well, this guy can't play because he he fumbles, fumbles the ball too much." I said, "Okay." So I talked to. Him. I said, "I understand you don't possess the ball well enough." I said, "We'll teach you how to we'll teach you how to possess the football." And, and you so pull the bat out. <laughs> well, we we wasn't maybe as dramatic, <laughs> but 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 we had a way to, to force the kid. And he didn't, he didn't fumble. He What's had, the key? What's the key to teaching the kid not to fumble? Just keep, hey, everybody just keep hammering at the ball and practice. Hmm. You're knifing the ball out, knifing the ball out. Hey, you knock a ball out, you get you get a bonus point. You knock a ball out, you get a bonus point. So you got these scout team guys, they're like, boom. <laughs> and if the guy's 40 yards downfield, they're still down there. Hey, chase the ball down, and if you can knock it out, good. And then, and. So then pretty soon the guy's possessing the ball all the way down and all the way back because you can knock it out on the way back too. Yeah. Sometimes you get that guy and you give him a football and t- he takes it to class and then if anybody sees him and he's got to carry that ball high and tight, if they knock it out on campus, bonus point. So you, what you're, so how do you hold the football, Lemma? You're a former running okay, back. Okay, so you got high and tight, right, means uh-huh. that you, 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 you're covering every point of the ball. The front of your hand is, is covering that point. Then in the, the crook between your, your chest and, and your shoulder, you got the ball in there. But then you're protecting it also with your forearm. So you're not giving them places to contact the ball. But when they do, it's supported you know, all the way around. But... Th- it has to become second nature for that guy where there's never a moment, okay, now I got through the line of scrimmage, now I get a little I loose with the ball. Away. Right? <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're still running like this with the ball high and tight. And even when you move it from one side to the other, you, you move one arm over and the hand covers the point of the ball that was in the crook of the, the shoulder and the, and the arm, and then you bring it back to the other side high and tight. And so... But, but that has to become habitual, and that, that's how you break guys of it. And, and it takes some time. It certainly takes effort. Yeah. But it, it's got to be all the time. So anytime they see him, if they can knock the ball out, it, anytime he's holding a ball, he's got to be high and tight. All right, coming up next, we'll find out where Coach and Alema are going tonight for some high school action as it's Football Friday, live from the RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ready, ready, ready. It's game 
for the Utes in the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a disappointing loss in the Holy War, the Utes look to rebound as they hit the road to square off against an old Mountain West Conference rival in San Diego State. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, Nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Huh? Huh? I told you we'll make a play. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on The Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Aggies kick off Mountain West Conference play with a battle with the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Hear all the play-by-play action on The Zone Sports Network, beginning with the pregame show at 4.30. Uh You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Friday on the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Coach Mack, Alema Harrington. Football Friday presented by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainlandsupply.com. We're live at the Utah RV Super Show here at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. Uh, usually in our final segment, we find out uh, where you guys are going on the, the high school gridiron tonight. And first, Coach, what a win for uh, your Juan Diego Soaring Eagle. Right. You upset East last week. I know you right. knew thought that was going to be a tough game and went and took care of business. Yeah, we did. We did. Our kids did a nice job. You know, we got Morgan tonight, and Morgan's a very good football team. Although I won't be there tonight because i got to go to the Hall of Fame thing up at Weber tonight. So. All right. That's pretty so, good, too. So, yeah. So that'll be, uh, uh, but my heart will be with the kids. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, and they, hopefully they can, they, they can keep playing. Is that at Morgan? It's at Morgan, yeah. And that's, they've, they're well coached, well disciplined group. And, and Morgan does a good job in all their sports. You know, their they're, uh, kids are tough and they, and they know how to play the game. And they, and referees help them a little bit up there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the story story is, hey, how long did it take you to get to the stadium? Oh, I just work at the Chevron down the street. <laughs> but, but yeah, but uh, so it'll be, it'll be, you know, our kids will be ready to play, and and uh, I wish them, you know, my heart will be with them, and uh, so, you know. Good, good group of kids. Elena, you've got a really good one tonight. Yeah. Before before I get to that, last night uh, we had the Roy versus Kearns game. Kearns jumped out to an early lead. It was at Roy. Um, Roy comes back and and they get the win. Their quarterback uh, Kingston is very good. Speaking of the kid at Roy, um, but it was a special night because they were honoring Coach Eric Thompson. Right. And he has just recently been diagnosed with ALS. Mm. Um, and he's the head coach at Ogden, but he's a Roy graduate. Right. His dad was a longtime coach at Roy um, and was instrumental in getting 
Coach Fernandez to Roy. Right. He's been there 10 years now. So it was a gathering and, and a celebration and, and in honor of Coach Thompson. And so if you, if you know Coach and you want to make a contribution, you can go to Thompson Tough. Uh, on on Venmo, and they're raising funds for for his battle with ALS. But it was really a special night, and Roy looked really good in the second half, coming back and winning that game. I, I tell you what, Fast Freddie is yeah. really a good football coach. He is, yeah, and 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 he, he's done a really done a really good good job. And Kearns Kearns is actually in that region now, so Roy is playing a bunch of teams from the Salt Lake area including West, and, and West is good again this year. Kearns has, has a good team. Uh, they got beat last night, but they, they, they got some talent there too. Tonight we're, we're at American Fork again. We were last week um, for American Fork and Bingham. Now we're, we got American Fork Corner Canyon. Oh. And so it's going to be a battle of you know collegiate quarterbacks. One guy headed to Boise State and one one uh, headed to USC, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> but, um, you know, we keep on waiting for somebody to give Corner Canyon a run for their money. And it, it could happen next week. We got Corner Canyon Sky Ridge next week. Well, Sky Ridge seems to be, well, although American Fork is loaded. Yeah. And that, that's, that's six. There's a bunch of good teams in 6A. Yeah. I mean, very good football teams, and uh, but but it seems to me that that Corner Canyon has an edge on everybody. They do. You know, I mean, they they're uh, you know they not only are they good on offense, they're good on defense too. Yeah, both ends. They're gonna they're gonna be the they're gonna be the favorite to win it all until somebody you know proves them different. And, and they, they were on they're on what forty five in a row. Yeah, hmm. I think I think. My opinion, Sky Ridge has the best opportunity. Yeah, because their defense, yeah, uh, up until last week, had not given up a touchdown. Yeah, or a point. Sky Ridge has got. I think they do a good job of coaching there, and they have good, they have very good players, and physically, I think you know they could match up pretty good. And they they gave they they were probably the, the the closest to giving Corner Canyon a scare last, last year. year. Exactly. So they can draw from that one year more mature. and mm-hmm. and um, But, you know, tonight it's American Forks opportunity. Can they do it? Can they knock Corner Canyon off that pedestal? Mm-hmm. And like I said, and until it happens, um, Corner Canyon is is the team to beat. Yeah, exactly, Coach. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the Weber Hall of Fame thing. Congratulations. That's that should be a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate that's it. that's awesome. Well deserved. Yeah, they're gonna have a what's going on up there? Banquet. Uh, banquet the whole yeah, whole shebang. Ban- yeah, banquet. Yeah, so it's all good. You, know, you need a suit for Mr. Mac? Well, I do need a suit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got a guy. I, can I, rent I got a, a guy, Coach. Hey, I'll be like Hansel, so I'll rent a suit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hands move. Uh, thank you both. It's great to see you both. Uh, football Fridays are always a highlight. That we means, appreciate that means it. That Mac is going to wear the suit with the tags <laughs> on it yeah. and taking yeah. it back. Because yeah. that i got to return it. That's what Hans does. You know? like, he'll go get a pair of Levi's and he'll leave the tags on. He'll wear them for three days. Take them back. Take them back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, these don't fit. 
<laughs> it's the Levi's with the jewels on them too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, he he looks like he's a, you know a high level guy, but he's on a but low they're going back. <laughs> he's on a low level budget. Yeah. <laughs> All right, more big show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Brian Fisher from Athlon Sports. What do you expect this weekend from that Sun Devils-Cougars matchup here in Provo? It's going to be interesting because I'm not quite sure that Arizona State has been playing up to their potential. I mean, this is a team that, you know, frankly, had it not been for the NCAA investigation and everything that's been going on off the field, that you could make a legitimate case this is probably one of the favorites in the Pac-12 South. I don't think they've been quite as sharp offensively. You kind of expect a little bit more, and, and we haven't quite seen that. I think that's kind of reflected in this close line. I mean, BYU is playing well. They've got a lot of momentum coming into this. And, and as you guys know, they take these games against Pac-12 opponents seriously. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if BYU comes in there and just physically makes ASU pay in the trenches in particular in this game. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.